Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time at the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it is Friday, December 10th, 2021. I'm going to flip the Sun-Times over to the sports section because we're going to be talking sports to talk about what was in the news of the day. And we'll get into this in a little bit. The headline is Jones is fifth bull in protocol. That'd be Derek Jones. Five bulls, my beloved bulls. Five bulls are in COVID protocol. Five of them, okay? And two others are injured. Patrick Williams is injured. Uh, and Alex Caruso is Seven bulls. I mean, it's like I finally get a good team, my beloved team, the team I love more than any other team in the world. And it's like I Job in the Bible. One by one, they go down. They're testing Ben's faith. Will he break? And become a Laker fan like so many front runners in the city of Chicago do. Aww. Jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> okay, I just had to throw that okay. one out there. For- okay. <laughs> I had to try- hey, man, you forget I grew up, I was a kid, and 1996 was an important year. 10 years old, very impressionable. A young man named Kobe Bean Brank is drafted by the Hornets. And then in the draft day, he gets traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. How am I not supposed to be a Kobe fan? All right. That is my guest, my distinguished guest who is talking before he's been formally introduced. So as I do with all distinguished guests, I'm going to ask him because he's fired up and ready to go. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. What is going on, everybody? This is Serge Vicente, the host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. Ben, thank you so much, my friend, for having me on the show with you today. It is uh, my pleasure, and we can't get you on the show enough. I uh, love talking sports with Sergio, all right? So, Sergio, you know I'm a fight fan. Not really uh, uh, follow it as closely as do as you do, obviously. Uh, folks, I, Sergio's got a, a, a newsletter. Uh, and, uh, which just gives you all the information on upcoming fights that you should know about. Uh, but then you have some breaking news in your life. So before we take the details, we're going to talk about, uh, Jake Paul and, uh, the Paul brothers. And this is a conversation I've been wanting to have with you for a long time. Uh, and then we'll do you, you pick, 
pick some other fights to start and uh, to follow, and then we'll get to the Bulls and basketball. We'll close with basketball because he's a huge basketball fan as well. But tell folks about the changes in your life, uh, where they can read your work uh, in addition to hearing you talk about it. Go ahead. Well, I have to say this. Uh, well, changes in my life uh, in terms of that we are – we're we're doing some writing now. Last time I was on here and I spoke to you, you know, we, we not only have I have had a podcast with uh, 325 episodes of the Fight Podcast and some of the other you know different shows that I do as well, but uh, I got picked up recently by a, a, a combat sports media outlet, the Scrap News, al- along with a few other ones. But um, I'm doing some writing as well, so you could actually find not only my writing you know, on the Scrap News and some other websites, scrapnews.com, but you could also check me out on my own personal Substack page, you know, so that you can check out the Fight Podcast Bulletin uh, at uh, Substack. So you can check me out there. And like like Ben said, I write about everything combat sports related. I'll, I'll do opinion pieces. I'll do, you know, top tens. I'll even, one big thing that I definitely do is talk about regional fighters because yes, we all want to talk about Conor McGregor and the big names in combat sports. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to know who's coming, who are the up and coming guys. And there's so, in women, there's so many amazing combat sports, men and women that are up and coming that you can actually see um, and, and, and talk about. So I talk about that as well. And sprinkle even a little pro wrestling on top of it so i even talk some pro wrestling so we have a good time all things combat sports related and uh and even you know a little bit of culture a little bit of hip-hop uh you know how i get down all right i uh, covers the the waterfront as they say all right let's um let's start with something that i've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time uh and i'm an old uh fight fan i never boxed i boxed once sergio got punched in the head so hard it was like the bells were ringing i said you know what i'll just watch this instead of uh, participating in this uh and sometimes i wonder if i should even do that but i i can't lie to you i love uh boxing and uh love it dearly and get together with my friends for the big fights but the biggest fights it seems in terms of the most attention or so much attention uh and so much uh discussion and so much money generated have to do with uh the paul brothers uh jake and logan paul and i i'm offended uh by the paul brothers and what they've done on many levels and feel free to vigorously disagree with me if you want sergio or agree with me if whatever please actually finish your statement before i even say because i'm curious to see why they offend you so well okay so the paul brothers uh are media personalities big strapping uh, strong human beings. I will give them that. And great physical condition. I will concede all. It's obvious. Just look at them. Okay? Slabs of beef. Big athletic right. kids. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Big athletic kids. Both of them over 200 pounds. Big kids. Big kids. Uh, and so they have cooked up this scheme. They made their fame on YouTube. Uh, so maybe I'm a little jealous because they have a lot more listeners than I do. Could be that there, Sergio. Could be a little envy there. I admit it. Uh, could be a little envy. Uh, so I give them credit, you know, tip my hat to them. They've, uh, they figured out how to use the media to build a huge following, et cetera, and so forth. And now they're going out into the fight game and they schedule these matches. Uh, and to me, now I should have, I should have said this at the outset for folks who are hearing about them for the first time. Uh, they're both white. They're brothers. They're white. And they schedule these fights against black guys. Who are not not all their the, fights and not all their fights have been against black guys. Only two of their fights have been black guys. 
So well, the one the that one that... itself already that 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 fight already that that your 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 argument is asinine already. And we're okay, gonna I haven't even right finished there. the argument. Okay. I but know, and I, I see exactly where you're going with it. And and, uh, and here's the thing. I will say this, especially with the Paul brothers, and you're right, a lot of times when there is the such thing as a great white hope, that is what, unfortunately, a lot of people are looking for. They want the great white hope. So anytime you see any white fighter, why do you think Conor McGregor is as big as he is? Why do you think any up-and-coming, you know, people love the 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 fight people love the one thing about fighting and we talked about this before when we were when i was on the show fighting is one thing that's extremely tribal it's tribal and people want to cheer for people that look like them that they can feel as if that they can relate to combat sports has forever been dominated by people of color and a lot of times the people that end up dominating combat sports are people from tend to be you know lower you know um socioeconomic backgrounds that that is those are the individuals that tend to thrive in combat sports so for instance not only are you you're going to get you know black and brown individuals you also get a lot of eastern europeans the eastern europeans especially now the russians and the dagestanis and everything just dominate i mean you have uh, you know arthur better that canelo alvarez doesn't even want any part of that's out here dominating the light heavyweight division so you have that but people are, are tribal in that sense so let me say this in terms of are do people that tend to be unsavory and possibly a touch racist always want the white guy to beat the black guy? Absolutely. Now, is this one of those situations? I don't think so with Jake Paul because we forget, yes, Jake Paul is fighting against Tyron Woodley in the rematch, but he was supposed to fight Tommy Fury as opposed to uh, um, Tyron Woodley. He was supposed to fight Tommy Fury instead of Tyron Woodley uh, in that one. So can you can we say that? Yes. But at the end of the day, I, I'm going to head, pause when we're, we're saying that, especially with them in this point of time. Well, uh, let me put it to you this way. Let's go. Let's take a look at uh, Logan Paul's fight uh, against Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Uh, and that was a moment you picked Floyd Mayweather now. And I forget how much money they made for that. I forget how much money they made, but Sergio, <laughs> it, they made a lot of money. And God bless them all. It's America. I understand. They made the money. Okay. Uh, a lot of people watched it. I had the feeling watching that fight that Floyd Mayweather said, yeah, I'll take the money. I'll get in the yeah, ring with this that's guy. That's exactly I'll, what happened. He even I'll, said it. Yeah, and I'll dance around for eight rounds, whatever. Well, I'll do it. We'll do the yeah, cha-cha-cha together. Him. Yeah. I'll, that is, thank you. I'll carry yeah. him. Yeah, I and, will carry him for X amount of times. And then the thing is, Floyd tried to get him out of there towards the end, realized, nah, this kid's too big, can't do it, whatever. And he just coasted and won the fight. Yes, it was a money grab. We understand that. But one thing I'll say this, and I was somebody that was absolutely against the the Paul brothers because I want to call my I'm a purist I I love the sweet science of boxing so I want to talk about that but at the end of the day what are they doing wrong aside from bringing attention to boxing that has sucked let let's be honest no one pays attention to boxing let me ask you this who are the top five pound for pound boxers in the world right now I can't name them so at the end of the day but you know Jake and Logan Paul yes. So what they're doing is they're doing the right thing. They're bringing attention to boxing, and they're actually putting fans in the seats. What more can we ask for? 
at the end of the day. And especially with two men. Okay, and let me ask you this. What makes a fighter? Well, here's my suspicion to get to that. Uh, a fighter is a certain amount of fearlessness. Okay? Fearlessness. Okay. So, so how, and so overcoming Jake, fear. Jake, at, so, so Jake Paul, I want you to, we'll go what step by step. You said fearlessness. Jake Paul went in there against a multiple-time UFC champion who has knockout power in both hands, got hurt, dropped, came back, and still ended up winning the fight. And then his for his next fight, when he's going in there against a pro boxer who is a, has an undefeated record. Now, is he beat the, 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 the scariest guys in the world? No, but it's a step up in competition. And he went in there once again, and he's going in there against the same guy who hurt him. How is he not being fearful? And here's the thing we always have to respect. We have to respect anyone that gets in that ring. Because anybody who steps in that ring, they're fearless. So there's check that one. What's the you next You know what? One? I, I, as much as I hate to ever admit that I'm wrong, I think, Sergio, uh, you convinced me that I'm wrong. I'm not going to fight you on this one. No pun intended. You make some good, compelling points. Uh, I maybe not be giving the uh, Paul brothers enough credit. I'm certainly not giving enough credit for what they've done. The first point you made, which is a really good point, they're bringing attention uh, to boxing. So fair enough. I got to concede that point. I think I may have been too fought, caught up in the Nate Robinson fight. And that's the fight. I mean, I prob- and that's, and that's, but that's Nate's fault. Wait, let's go back and just explain. That's totally Nate. Okay, so I'll, so I'll go the back and know. explain the Nate. The Nate. Go ahead. So J- J- Nate Robinson, former great for the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knickerbockers and other teams of honestly every team in the NBA. I think he played for. But Nate Robinson is a fantastic personality. He was a great NBA player, and he is a he's an entertainer. He's a YouTuber himself at this point in time. He does work with Ble- Bleacher Report along with a couple other things. Jake Paul is was in the beginning of his fighting other people in boxing and making a spectacle of what he is currently doing. So he ended up getting Nate Robinson in there for a boxing match. And then once they ended up getting in the ring, he starched Nate Robinson, made a meme of Nate Robinson, knocked him out completely cold. But the reason I say that that is a Nate Robinson issue more than anything else is because that's Nate Robinson's fault. How dare you get into a ring without being prepared? How dare you get into a ring while overlooking your opponent just to sit there saying, I don't have to train. He, he's This is just a white boy who can't fight. How, what? This is combat sports, buddy. This isn't the hood. Like, yo, this is a, like, you know, he, he, Jake Paul, if nothing else, one thing I'll give Jake Paul credit for is that he has taken the time. And here's the, I'm not a, a Jake Paul stan, as they say, because I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing, but I do respect the two of them and what they have done and how they've gone about their doing it. The, like I said, not only of what they're doing, the, the, um, the talks that they've had and the awareness that they brought to fighter pay is, is phenomenal. There's something that, you know, that that no one else is really talking about. They're both pushing the issue. The fact that they're over here uplifting and helping women's boxing, that is honestly awful to watch and no one wants to watch it. And they're not even paying these women. Um, Amanda Serrano is one of the greatest female boxers of all time that nobody paid attention to until Jake Paul decided to take her on, sign her to his promotional company, and then turn around and now is giving her the biggest paydays of her career. And she is still fighting the best women in the world as well. So 
he he's doing much more in combat sports and you know than many other people are so again my always question is this do i like the trolling and stuff no i think trolling is weak uh, especially the way that he does it i think his, his trash talk is awful but and also i'm a very big proponent is okay you're you're doing this you've gotten yourself in the ring i'm happy that you're doing that good now let's see you fight somebody for real. Let's see you get in there against a real boxer, somebody your own size, because the people that he has fought have been, A, much older than him, retired boxers, retired wrestlers, retired MMA fighters. Everyone's retired and washed, right? Even Nate Robinson, retired and washed. But on the, now he was going to fight a young, up-and-coming, hungry Tommy Fury, who unfortunately had to pull out of the fight due to a broken rib and a chest infection as well. So he wasn't able to fight. Otherwise, that's who he would have fought. And then we would have really been able to see exactly where Jake Paul is. So I give respect to Jake Paul in that sense. All right. And fair enough. And that was well done. Uh, and uh, maybe there's an evolution to his career. Now he's getting serious about uh, fighting. Uh, I, I, the Nate Robinson one, the, the Nate Robinson uh, fight, I found offensive it, mainly because of the size differential. And uh, it was sort of a joke. And that's what I'm saying. That was uh, that was just pure spectacle and trash talking. And I, I understand what you when I'm listening to you uh, explain, there's no need to go back on it because you're absolutely correct. This is bringing attention uh, to a sport that's been dying for lack of attention uh, for a long time. And it's interesting. I don't know. We didn't talk about this, but uh, PBS did a four part special about Muhammad Ali. I don't know if you had a chance Fantastic. to see that. Yeah, yeah it's it fantastic. Fantastic. And so much of it, which struck, uh, I was a little surprised by, uh, Sergio, was about his fighting career. Like, I figured they'd go into his uh, his career, uh, you know, as an activist uh, and the price he paid for refusing to be inducted into the draft and how he became a man of peace and a revered public, like, after his career was over. But they spent a lot of time talking about his boxing career and watching that old footage and watching those fights made me realize that we have really, boxing has subsided uh, as a popular sport. Uh, nothing, like... The Ali Frazier fight of 71 uh, was, it's hard to explain to someone who wasn't alive at that well, at the time. It well, was no, such no, international. I, I, I get it. But my yeah, point is, going also, back to the Paul Brothers, this. bringing attention. Uh -huh, I'm sorry, yeah. That was, yeah, that was my was point. Say, in terms of that, though, with the Ali fight, think about in 71, NBA wasn't huge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in fact, NBA wasn't big literally till the late 80s, 90s. You know what I mean? Till really Michael Jordan. So we didn't have, just like honestly right now, in you, you, boxing is huge in the UK. It's absolutely one of the biggest sports, if not the biggest sport. But they don't have anything else. We have all of these other sports, and that is why for us, boxing isn't going to be, but at the end of the day, every time that there is a big fight, everybody pays attention. It doesn't matter who it is. Every time Canelo Alvarez fights, people are going to watch. So, so yeah, like Pacquiao versus Mayweather. We're gonna uh, watch. All right. So, talk about the size differential between Paul and uh, Nate Robinson. Uh, that, I mean, that's where I thought it was a joke. Now, maybe you're saying that they've evolved from that moment. It, it was. It was a joke. And, and honestly, all the fights up until this this one coming up was a joke because everybody is, like I said, old, retired. <laughs> And 
A, not boxers. Nate, the first one was a YouTube guy, not a boxer. Second one was Nate Robinson, not a boxer. The other one was Ben Askren, who is a Olympic caliber wrestler, who was an MMA champion, but was never a striker. In fact, was a very terrible striker within his career. And then Tyron Woodley, whom his issue towards the late half of his career was not throwing punches. Oh, by the way, he's also an undersized guy. So Jake was cherry picking, as they say, in fighting guys that were much smaller than him and who were also older. Now, granted, do I like that? And I'm with you. No, I don't like that. If you're going to fight, I want to see you fight the best of the best. But you beat who they put in front of you. And at the end of the day, if those other guys sign the contract, that's on them. Fair enough. All right. Uh, before we uh, uh, leave the Paul Brothers, you said something. I wrote it down, and I just want to follow up. You said, I'm not a, uh, something along, I'm not a huge fan of them. What are you critical about them for? Or have you just already explained it by these fights where they fought? Yeah, people, they're not, they're uh, not Bach. They're not, I mean, he's not a, a an elite high-level guy. They're, these are amateur boxers. At, at the at the end of the day so i think that what they're doing i think that there is an absolute space for what they're doing for these youtube sideshow fights this is something that has always been a part of combat sports people would like to act like it's not but it really is muhammad ali who you spoke about you know a few moments ago fought pro wrestlers a number of times Th- this is something that has always been a part of boxing it's always been a part of combat sports so there's an absolute pace for it. I don't, yes, he's a troll. Yes, he is annoying. So is Conor McGregor. So is Colby Covington. So are a lot of people in combat sports. He's just another face who brings attention to combat sports, who's bringing attention to a game and a sport that I love. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. All right, talk about, uh, by the way, you're absolutely right. Uh, Muhammad Ali had a fight against a Japanese uh, wrestler, a sumo wrestler. Yeah, and, pro wrestler, yep. Uh, and and he he actually got hurt. The, it, it wasn't really a fight. If you've seen the pictures of it, the the, the, the Japanese wrestler is uh, on the ground kicking Ali. Uh, and, yeah, and he wasn't a wrestler. He was a, he was a, he was a pro wrestler. He's a, a, a pro wrestler, not a sumo wrestler. Dude, yeah, a pro okay, wrestler. pro wrestler. And he kept kicking him so much that he got blood clots in his leg, Ali. So uh, I do remember that uh, he he actually paid a price, uh, and you're right. Uh, Muhammad Ali did a lot of things, a lot of fights he shouldn't have uh, fought. Uh, Muhammad either. Ali almost boxed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah. But by the way, uh, there's no truth to the rumor that Jake Paul uh, is trying to engineer a fight with Muhammad Ali right now. That's a bad joke. Sorry. All right, uh, let's move on. Oh, it went right over my head. <laughs> 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 I, I had an old friend. We talk about Will Chamberlain. Uh, may he rest in peace. One of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, and he would yes. always say, Will passed on a, about 20 years ago, I want to say, and my friend would go, rebounders are so weak in the NBA right now. Will Chamberlain can come right back right now and still get 10 rebounds. Of course, the joke is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, you mentioned Conor McGregor. You mentioned Conor McGregor to me several times in passing, never on the mic. Uh, and you've been critical of him. Uh, pretty much in just in passing, I've never followed up with any questions to you as to why you feel the way you do about Conor McGregor, who um, I see all the time these days on uh, on commercials on TV. Uh, so please explain to me the case against Conor McGregor. Go ahead. It's it's simple. Why would I cheer? Why would I hype up a person who's only won one fight since 2016? Period. Point blank. He's not a winner. 
it's it, at the end of the day, Conor McGregor had a moment. He had a moment in history. He is extremely important for the growth of MMA. The, the, the boom that he had between 2014 and 2016 is incredible, and it's extremely important to the growth of MMA as well, specifically the UFC. Because of that, they were able to end up selling to Endeavor for $4.6 billion. A big chunk of that was because of the star power that was built off of Conor McGregor's back. Conor McGregor as well as Ronda Rousey. If we, if we remember, in 2016, essentially we had Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey fighting once a quarter. And that was a huge year in terms of that for the UFC. Now, since that time, and again, Conor was fantastic. He was fantastic when he was hungry and up and coming. But as they say, and as uh, the great, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, wow. I'm a, uh, not Tommy Hearns, not uh, War. What's his name? He always called Scream War. Uh, the, the, the best of that era. Not Tommy Hearns. Um, Ah, uh, whatever. Marvin it'll come. Hag- it'll come to me in a second. Mar- Marvin ahead. Hagler, thank you. Yeah. It is difficult Marvin's when you're sleeping Hagler. in silk sheets, you know. And and Conor McGregor, ever since he lost his fight to Floyd Mayweather, doesn't seem as if mentally he is there. Mm-hmm. Mentally, he is. He is, spends far more time hawking his whiskey and and making you know and and punching old men at the bar than he actually does winning fights in the octagon. So I will not go up here and praise and pat somebody on the back whom at the end of the day is not winning in their job they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing at the end of the day Conor McGregor is a fighter a UFC fighter and as a fighter he is one in, in his of one of his last six fights if I'm critical of him because I'd be critical of anybody who had a terrible record like this especially against the top guys of the sport so for me when I'm looking at it Literally, he's won one fight since Barack Obama was in office, last in office. That's 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 just to put that into perspective. That that's how long it's been. And the fight that he won, which was against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Donald Cowboy Cerrone was on a four fight losing streak. So un- unless you're getting a hand picked gimme fight against a guy that was very damaged and at the end of his rope, he hasn't beaten anybody. And let's not talk about he's been finished in his last two fights. He got knocked out, and then he got destroyed and his leg broken. I'm critical of him because of, one, you're not winning, and then you're just a schmuck outside of the octagon in the way that you have been treating people, the what the the, the incendiary racist comments that he's consistently made against many of, of his you know opponents and other things. I am just not a fan of what he has turned into. That's why I don't praise Conor McGregor like some. You're not winning. I'm not praising you. Yeah. Well, or if you just retire. And you know what I'm saying? Just just retire officially. If you've decided to, to finish fighting, just you retire. Well, you and, and, that's, and that's, yeah. And he, and he obviously doesn't plan on doing that because anytime anybody fights, because, and put it like this, Dustin Poirier fights this weekend. Dustin okay, Poirier, the man who knocked him out, that. finished mm-hmm. him in a row, twice in a row, fights this weekend. Whomever wins this fight this weekend, this is in his weight class. Conor McGregor will be chirping on Twitter like he does. I don't even call him Conor McGregor anymore. I call him Conor McTwitter at this point in time (laughs) because at the other day, he fights more on Twitter than he does in an actual octagon. Yeah. I just blanked on the fighter who is always trashing uh, LeBron James. I just blanked on the name. Uh, Oh, Enos Cantor? No. No, no. Oh, oh, you said a fighter. 
Yeah. Uh, he's about always trashing. Uh, always trying to, he's a big Trump supporter, always. Yeah, because uh, he, because, because Kobe Covington's racist. Yes. And, and in one of those things that racist people love to do, especially when they talk about sports is they love to talk about LeBron James. Yeah. Now let's talk about that for a second. Let's just go there. I mean, I, Enos Kanter's a doofy also. Let's, let's put that out there. Yeah. Well. But he's just a b- basketball player before, uh, but, yeah. uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a pretty, he's a clown though. All right. So what, what, why talk, just get into that a little bit. Like what, what is it? Why LeBron James What is it? Because he's the most, the best known. He's because the, he, the because pinnacle. he's the most famous. He, he's the most famous. He's the best. And people always want to take shots at who's the best. Who's the top dog. That's what I'm taking shots at. He is the most famous recognizable athlete in the world. I'm taking, because it, it's what they call clout chasing. If I say his name, maybe they'll pick me up at some publication or somebody. Somebody's going to be talking about. Somebody's going to retweet it. Somebody's going. It's, it's he's he's chasing clout. That's anytime anybody mentions LeBron James' name in a negative connotation, that's the only thing that they're doing. Again, prime example: Enos Cantor. He wants to go out there and speak of the the atrocities that are going on with China and the way that they're they're treating their people. And he's like, "How dare you? You know, take money. You know, and and work this the shops and everything over there." While he is also, Enos Cantor himself is sponsored by Jordan, exact same company. You're mad at LeBron for taking that money, but you're literally sponsored by the exact same company and you're saying what you're doing. All you're doing is hating. All you're doing is chasing clout. Another thing, he went on Tucker Carlson's show and Enos Cantor goes out there and says that you you shouldn't have the right to to talk trash, to, to, to criticize this country. Um, I'm sorry. James Baldwin said, I love this country so much that I have the right to go out there and and criticize her as hard as I actually want. It's not the exact quote, but you get the point. As an American, I have the right to do that. He is literally saying that you shouldn't have the right and the ability to do that. He's like, you should get thrown out of this country if you don't like it. That is the most un-American thing. And you have the right, the, the audacity to talk about LeBron James and what he's doing, not even bringing up all the fantastic things that this man does, the kids that he's putting in his school, all the other, all the charities and everything that he does in a positive light. You're worried about his pocket when you're sponsored by the exact same company, cloud chasing, exact same thing Kobe Covington is doing as well. Yeah. And, uh, oh, this is, I don't, I don't even, we should, this is a whole other show, uh, Sergio, because uh, this could be an hour's conversation, but MAGA's criticism of the NBA uh, for not taking more defiant stand against China. And I've talked about this on my my political podcast, the regular podcast, not so much lately because it's not been in the news as much. Uh, but at the right after uh, George Floyd uh, was murdered. And uh, NBA players began to speak out about uh, policing issues in the black community. And I would hear this. This is the fight. This is the punchback. This is the punchback that MAGA would come in. Oh, you criticize police, the policeman for killing George Floyd. What about China? It's it's the same thing that they do. What, What about Chicago? Right. They always like throwing. There's there's a handful of things, the tropes that they have. You can tell people don't do their research when they have a couple of things. You know, AOC is ridiculous. You know, they don't know nothing about AOC. They just like throwing her name out there, right? Uh, China and the violence in Chicago. 
Those are always the things that they were, you know, people, you know, want to end up bringing up. And it's it's really ridiculous because these individuals, these men in the sport that are being represented are black men who have lived in this country, a, a, a majority of them in the NBA. They are doing and talking about things that are affecting themselves and their own communities, themselves and their communities. They have the right to go out there and talk about that. But them speaking on those things make the same individuals that are mad at them uncomfortable. And it's like, how dare you're just supposed to dance, monkey. You're supposed to be my entertainment. That's what they want to do. How dare you sit there and make me feel bad about myself and the things that I hold true and I believe in. That's the issue. They look at it and say, those, those things that, that you're fighting against, I like. I don't want those to be different. So since I can't sit here and argue that point in, a, in an intellectual way, how about China, huh? Why aren't you guys helping them? That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. Uh, Sergio Vicente could talk politics just about, in addition to sports. Uh, all right. Uh, before we uh, leave uh, fighting uh, behind and close with a little basketball talk, Wait, really, really quick. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. We talked about Jake Paul and all these other nonsense fights. There are some fantastic fights. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead. To happen. Okay? okay. Go ahead. Take and, it away. And this weekend specifically, since we're already talking about, for instance, you talk about Conor McGregor and what's happening. Dustin Poirier, the person who beat Conor McGregor, actually fights this weekend. He's fighting for the championship, a championship at lightweight that he used to hold a portion of. He at one point in time, he was the interim champion. He ended up losing that belt to Khabib Nurmagomedov, the person that a lot of individuals believe is the best ever to do it in the sport. I don't specifically, but he is one of the greatest to ever do it. Now he goes out there and fights Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Charles Oliveira is a Brazilian champion that is absolutely phenomenal. He has the most finishes in UFC history with 19. He has the most submission wins in UFC history with 13 or 14. I'm sorry. So this man goes out there, out of his 30 fights in his career, only four of them have gone to a decision. Out of 30 fights, he is a finisher. He has finished 26 out of those 30 fights. That is how good this man is. He goes out there and finishes fights. Dustin Poirier is a man who goes out there and finishes fights. This fight is a definition of two men that had to get it out of the mud. We've seen them both lose. We've seen them both get beat up. And we've seen them now rise to the top of the game. This fight not only solidifies who is the best lightweight in the UFC, it's going to solidify who is the best lightweight fighter in the world and truly have pound-for-pound pound implications and all-time implications. Charles Oliveira has also won a 10-fight winning streak. And this fight is on I'm trying Saturday. To, uh, Saturday. This show, uh, unfortunately, will air on Sunday. Well, not unfortunately, because it gives yes. you an opportunity to make a prediction that when people wake up uh, Monday morning and start listening to this uh, conversation we're having, they will know that you predicted accurately who is the winner of that fight. So take it away, Sergio. Look, you have two men that are just phenomenal. I mean... Very well-rounded, literally the two best lightweights in the entire planet, regardless on organization. These guys are the best of the best. Dustin Poirier, everything is heading his way. If he wins this fight, he will have one of the greatest years in MMA history. Beat Conor McGregor twice. 
million dollar, you know, millions of dollars in his bank account. And this is going to put the bow on Dustin Poirier's career. This is going to set him up if he can go out there and get a win against Charles Oliveira. And unfortunately, he's not going to get it. He's going to lose. <laughs> he's going to lose. Okay. Charles Oliveira is going to defeat Dustin Poirier. Charles Oliveira is, is better everywhere than Dustin Poirier. He's he has just as quality striking. Dustin's boxing is slightly better. Uh, uh, Oliveira's kickboxing is better. Oliveira is leaps and bounds better on the ground. This fight, Dustin's only option is to, is to hopefully he can break him in the late rounds. But I think Charles Oliveira gets this fight done probably in the third round. Okay, wow, writing that down. Uh, I'll be thinking about you. Uh, I will be following that from afar on ESPN uh, on Saturday. Uh, and most of my f- I follow fights uh, these days, uh, Sergio, by just following <laughs> literally on the e- uh, ESPN. Uh, oh, totally understand. Absolutely. Uh, uh, that's how I follow almost the fights. And in the old days, I could then watch them on TV, uh, live uh, world of sports, but those are ancient years. All right, let's go with a little basketball. Close that with basketball. My beloved Chicago Bulls, our beloved Chicago Bulls, Sergio. Thank you. Thank you. Chicago, uh, even though he currently lives in California, uh, but he's a native of uh, Chicago, proud graduate of Evanston Township High School, as am I. And um, so uh, our beloved Chicago Bulls, off to a great start. They've stumbled. Look fantastic. Yesterday, uh, the other day in Cleveland, let me just point out something that I uh, said at the top of the show. Five Bulls, ladies and gentlemen. Five Bulls are in COVID protocol. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Okay? You could do a game between the Bulls who don't have COVID and the Bulls who have COVID. It would be an interesting to see who would win that game. Actually, six have had uh, uh, Vooch, uh, the big center, had it, and he came back. Uh, so six have had it and two others are injured, uh, with non COVID injuries. Uh, nonetheless, I presume COVID won't last forever. And the, uh, six bulls who are out, the five bulls are out will return and they'll be back at full force probably at the start of January. So Sergio, let's just put aside for a moment where we stand right now with seven bulls out with various ailments. Uh, do you think our sh- beloved Chicago Bulls are for real this year. Absolutely. The Bulls are the real effing deal, okay? I, I, I could not be more. As a Bulls fan, I feel like I've been waiting decades for this team. I, it, it is, you know, because, you know, I loved our, our Tom Thibodeau, Derrick Rose, Joachim Noah Bulls. But this team is way more fun. They're way more fun to look at. They are far more dynamic. They get up and down the court. They have multiple people that can go out there and score, and they can defend at a high level. Oh, come on. How could we not be excited? You, 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 New York, y'all can keep Brooklyn, okay? You guys can keep – y'all can have your Miami Heat. You can have all the – whatever. I don't care. Bulls all the way. Uh, so who are the Bulls that surprised you the most? Of the current Bulls roster. Nobody. This is exactly what I expected. Literally, this is exactly what I expected. I couldn't have it. I knew Alex Caruso, because again, I'm a Lakers fan also. I knew how good Alex Caruso was. I knew how good Zach Levine is finally coming into his own. I knew he needed help. I guess if anybody really surprised me this season, it it would be DeMar DeRozan. Because 
people wanted to make it seem, granted, he still averaged 26 points, or 24 points a game last year, something close to that. So, but he was in San Antonio. We kind of forgot about him. People never really wanted to see, no one really ever appreciated DeMar DeRozan. He went from one small market in Toronto to another small market in San Antonio. And then now that he is finally in a place where he can shine with other athletes that actually complement his game, which is so interesting because leading into this season, the, the, the talk was, oh, you know, Zach Levine and, and, and DeMar DeRozan, they're too similar. How can they how can they play together? They're too similar. Well, they play together, man. They they fit together like peanut butter and jelly, okay? Those two dudes <laughs> go out there and, and they just, I'm talking about, you go, I go, you go, I go. They go, Alex. They go, Lonzo. You go, I go, you go, I go. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. The Bulls, it, it's like Showtime. It's like the Showtime Lakers. They are up and down the court throwing oops. It is one of the most fun teams that I have ever had the pl- privilege of watching. I love the Bulls. I, I'm with you. That was a great riff, 100%. And I'm going to go back to De, uh, DeMar DeRozan uh, and talk about that a little bit. I was excited when the Bulls got DeMar DeRozan. I'm like, I was excited, I'll tell you, at this fundamental reason. It was like the Bulls were aggressive and going out and getting a talented player, which was such a radical difference from every Bulls team of the last decade I can remember. Ever, Sitting back ever, past, ever, ever, really ever, since Jordan left. Ever. Ever. They could have, and they got DeMar DeRozan. And then all the naysayers, the nitpickers, they started attacking Hater. DeMar DeRozan. Those are haters, Ben. Haters. Those are haters. And I'm like, why are you hating on DeMar DeRozan? You sound like me talking about Jake Paul. And I can understand why I hate on Jake Paul. I talked about that already. Maybe I'm a little jealous of him because he's got so many more viewers than me. But why are you hating on DeMar DeRozan, Sergio? And it's weird. Like, they justify their hate in weird ways. So, for instance, DeMar DeRozan, follow me on this, was on Toronto and was traded to San Antonio to get Kawhi Leonard. And then Toronto won a championship. And then the attitude somehow or other became, well, they got rid of DeMar DeRozan. They won the championship. Like it was his fault they hadn't won a championship. They didn't, they didn't want to even, they never take into account how Fred Van Fleet came into his own that season. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about how, um, not Bam Adebayo, the, uh, the, yes. They didn't Siakam. want to talk about how great he was that season. Siakam, there, thank you, sir. They don't want to talk about how great Siakam was that season. It wasn't just Buddy by himself. Come on. And here's the thing. It proves it because once he left, that team was still in the mix after he left. Come on. And without DeMar DeRozan. And so I I just felt as though there was so much unfair nitpicking. And then uh, I'm watching DeMar DeRozan before. He's one of the guys in COVID. So unfortunately, I'm really disappointed about that because I I love watching this. Uh, But it was the – I forget which game it was. uh, The last game before uh, he – went down with uh, uh, COVID. COVID. He mm-hmm. carried the Bulls in the fourth quarter. Oh, it was the I think it was the Nets game. He was hitting yes. shot after shot. Yes, it was. Sh- it after, was shot. after shot. And I'm like, I have not seen a Bull. I hate to say this. I don't want to do this to any Bull. But you got to go to back to Michael Jeffrey Jordan to find a Bull who just uh, cold-blooded. That's true. You know, you know what? And- Zach Levine. Zach Levine last season was doing some Herculean things, okay? He was going out there with zero help, like very little help last year. So I think he was able, he just, I think Zach was doing some of those things. He just didn't have the help behind him. Now, 
this one-two punch, everybody lo- is is really talking about all these other big threes. They talk about the Lakers. They talk about the Nets. They talk about the big three, the big four, actually, with, you know, DeMar, Zach, uh, uh, Lonzo, and even Vooch. I mean, that's a solid, solid, solid starting five, especially when you think about the guys coming off the bench. I think Dante Jones, who I used to love when he played with the Miami Heat, I think he was a fantastic pickup. You have guys like that on the team. I mean, the Bulls are fun. Yeah, the Bulls are a lot of fun. And uh, uh, you got to see AC uh, Alex Caruso. I didn't get to see him as much as you did because you're more more of a Laker fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, no, he's that guy. I did not uh, uh, expect. Uh, uh, by the way, it was, it's Derek Jones. Derek, just want to correct it. Derek, Derek Jones, Jones. Derek Jones. I'm uh, sorry. Yes, Derek. Uh, Jones. And uh, you're you're thinking of Javante Green, uh, who's also on the. Um, yes, uh, <laughs> who's fantastic. Also, <laughs> no, I love I love that guy. He's got such scrap and such heart. Uh, and so, all right, but that's what go. the Bulls have, and that's what Alex Caruso brought to the table. It was that scrappiness. He's an intangible guy. Bulls have a bunch of intangible guys. That's great. All right, uh, we'll be bringing you back to talk more Bulls as the season uh, unfolds. I just wanted to hear, I'm glad to hear you're uh, on, uh, feeling as excited about him as I am. And we're going to close with the same question I pretty much asked every basketball fan who's come on the show. And I haven't prepared you for this question. So it'll be interesting what your response is. Uh, and this has to do with ancient Bulls history. Uh, and I dedicated a whole show to this topic. And every Bulls fan, every basketball fan who's come on this show, and I have had many, has been asked this question. So here we go. What is going on with Scottie Pippen that he went after Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Okay. What is going on with Scottie Pippen that he went after Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Go ahead, Sergio. Yo, yo, Scottie needs to go lay down somewhere, okay? He must have another <laughs> one of his migraines or something. Like, as far as I, he has to. He, he has his, he must, his head must hurt so bad he's seeing double because that is the only logical explanation. Even if we look at the the Last Dance documentary, all Michael Jeffrey Jordan did was talk about how fantastic Scottie Pippen was. All Michael Jeffrey Jordan did was say, this was the best teammate I had. I couldn't do what I did without this man. Literally, he gave him an episode of his own documentary. So for Scottie Pippen, whom seems as if he still is butthurt about which is ridiculous. Tony Kukoc getting make taking the last shot in a game, in a playoff game. And oh, by the way, he made the shot so y'all <laughs> won the game. He's still going to go out there and, and talk about sour grapes. All that tells me is that Scottie Pippen is a was a terrible teammate, is a terrible friend, and at the end of the day, hey, and now this is going to sound crazy. Now I understand why Future ended up getting your baby mama because you <laughs> obviously a sucker. I get it. Uh, None of my other guests went there, but uh, that's Sergio. Uh, Yeah, uh, I can't. We always have to throw a little bit of extra sauce on it. (laughs) Uh, I can't top that. The Tony Kukoc thing uh, that we've talked about that so many times in the show. 1994, Bulls down by one. Tony, uh, the last shot is designed to Tony Kukoc. Scottie Pippen refuses to go in the game because he feels he should be the guy getting the last shot. Tony Kukoc hits the shot. Uh, the Bulls beat the Knicks at the buzzer, uh, and instantly it's, the, the the series continues. The Bulls ultimately lost this series, but Tony Kukoc hitting that shot diverted attention from Scottie Pippen sitting down and enabled the Bulls to keep Scottie Pippen on the team. When they bring Michael Jeffrey Jordan back, they go on and win three championships. 
Scottie Pippen should thank Tony Kukoc every freaking day because he hit that shot, saved his career in the city of Chicago. And to to hate on Phil Jackson for calling that play to Tony Kukoc is really... I don't know, man. It's it's asinine, and let's not let's not forget also throwing the little tidbit that that play was run for game winners that they won a couple of games in that two or three games that season. So it's not the first time they ran that play. So the fact that he felt butthurt about that specific moment truly brings into the question of Scottie Pippen in turn in 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 a real statement in terms of as a teammate and as somebody that you'd want in your foxhole. He, he really comes off as a guy. And the thing is, we remember some of those migraine games, some of those things. And as you really start thinking back on it, it's like, dude, you punked out of a couple games for us down the line. And now that I'm realizing it was because you're just a terrible teammate. Well, I'm going to defend him on that one. I I will now defend Scottie Pippen. I remember the migraines. No, nah, you talked about Michael Jeffrey Jordan in the way that he did. We will not have Michael Jeffrey Jordan <laughs> slander. Okay? I couldn't <laughs> oh, believe friend. it. I couldn't my- believe it. Yeah, my friends, they tease me so much, Sergio. Uh, back, you'll never say anything. You'll never say anything bad about Michael Jordan. You'll never say say something bad about Michael Jordan. Like, the man bought six rings to my beloved Look, Bulls. You know what? I'll say something bad about Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. He has had some questionable fashion choices. That is <laughs> that. that I'll, I'll say that. All right. All right. Everything uh, else, <laughs> you gotta love Mike. All right, you have to love Mike. And I mean, come on, man. Now, granted, is he my goat? <laughs> That's debatable. But I, he might can do no wrong in my mind. All right. You know what? My mouth fell. You know where I'm that. at with that. Uh, yeah, okay. You know what? We're going to have to uh, uh, end this particular show. And when we come back, we do the next show we'll talk about. <laughs> I presume your Kobe is your greatest of all time. Uh, that's my guess. No, no he's not. LeBron? No, he's not. Yes, sir. LeBron? Okay. Uh, LeBron. See, I thought because you, you're a real Kobe guy from that generation. Uh, so many kids I am, your age but I, 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 yeah. grow up with Kobe. That's the center of their universe. Because in the early O's, and when you were in the mid O's, when you were in high school, that was the guy. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, we'll have to have that conversation another time. Maybe bring on uh, a couple of older people to get their points. There's some old people I know who still say Bill Russell is the greatest of all time. So um, now they know. are tripping. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll leave it at that uh sergio uh thank you so much for coming on the show and you, uh, as you leave tell folks where uh they can uh hear you and read you and all that good stuff well ben thank you so much man once again for having me on the show and and everybody else you guys can find me on everywhere podcasting is available apple google play spotify soundcloud stitcher check me out at the fightpodcast.com also check me out at the Serge Vicente on Twitter you, and at um, the Fight Podcast on IG. You go ahead and find, you can find our sub stack, all of our writing and everything else that we're doing right there in our bio, in our links in the bio. So uh, Ben, thank you so much for having us, uh, me once again. Uh, can't wait to join you again, man. All right, beautiful. Uh, my pleasure, Sergio. That's great. Sergio Vicente, I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.